Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird. It's the Friday show, not what we expected to do, but Ohio State released a report on Thursday that we have to talk about. And this is one of the things where it's like, guess what this is? This is real life. And sometimes podcasting about real life, this ain't no real life podcast. This is a football oatmeal cream pie podcast. So, like, we're going to talk about real life today. We hope we don't bore you. And we're not going to make the usual Buckeye Talk jokes. We're not going to say Buckeye Talk at the end of, thing, any, end of anything we say. We're just going to talk about this situation because these are people's real lives here. And we have heard both sides of the story. And there's a lot of real life stuff. And frankly, Nathan, I think some of the most difficult stuff here is that, like, there's just some real life stuff going on that certainly took place because we're talking about college athletics, but it's not really about college athletics. It's just people living their lives. And there's a lot of different things colliding. And just, we're going to give you an overview here. We assume if you were listening to this podcast on a Friday morning, you have some idea of what we're talking about. But Ohio State released a report about a sexual, about a, a massage therapist from the Cleveland area who had, um, sexual relations with what Ohio State says is five players, what she says is two players. I did talk with her. And this happened over the course of the last three years. And Ohio State commissioned a report about this. They released a 15-page report about it. And that's kind of it. There's no crimes that are being charged regarding this. This, this sexual relations, all parties involved say they were consensual. None of the players involved were minors when it happened. So Nathan, like from a real world perspective, like you can sort of say like, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with this, but college athletics aren't the real world. It is the real world sometimes, and it is not the real world sometimes because there are all kinds of NCAA violations that take place that you're allowed to do in the real world. And the other thing is there are no NCAA violations here. And Ohio State, definitely one of the reasons they investigated this and were interested in it is because they wondered if there were NCAA violations. So there's no crime. There's no NCAA violation. And then it's sort of like, well, then what are we doing? 
Well, Nathan, what we're doing is responding to a 15-page report that Ohio State commissioned from an outside law firm that they then spoke to reporters about, so we have to discuss this, and you and I have both written stories about it. That's why we're talking about it on this podcast. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where one event sort of it just starts cascading and it leads to other events. So once they start a – once this complaint happens, then somebody from the police contacts them. Then they start an investigation. Once they start an investigation, now that's public. It's going to be a public document is going to result from it. There's going to be other public correspondence. I mean, that's just – it's a it's a public university. Guys like us are always digging into that stuff. We're going to find that stuff. So, and to some extent, Ohio State was going to have to explain this in some way. I mean, Gene Smith put it out there that the reason that they were releasing it was because he wants it to be a cautionary tale and a learning event for the rest of college sports. They're, they're, I don't dispute that he – probably believes that that can be true but I think there also was in any PR situation you want to get out in front of something before you have to answer for it later I think there was some of that going on with this too yeah definitely and the difficult thing here and and I talked this out with my wife for a while on Thursday evening before this podcast because not because I want to choose my words carefully but because I want to make sure I don't have a blind spot on this right that we we don't want to have a blind spot on this podcast because we didn't think of something or we didn't look at it from somebody else's perspective, because there are a lot of things that are colliding here. And I did talk to the woman involved. I think I'm the only person that spoken with her. Um, oh, she was not named. She's a 41 year old massage therapist from the Cleveland area. She was not named in the report, but there are references in the report to her LinkedIn profile, to uh, something she was associated with. And it took me 15 seconds of internet Googling to figure out who she was. And then I did a phone number search and I found some phone numbers and I left her a message and she called me back. And when she called me back, she was upset because again, she was not named in this, but again, I'm not the only person, other people are figuring out who she is. And she had some idea. I mean, she and I didn't talk specifically about like, what did you know this report was coming out? But in the course of this, the Ohio State Medical Board and two Ohio State police detectives or police officers interviewed her this March. And then when they determined there was no criminal charges there, there was nothing, there was no jurisdiction for the Ohio State police over what happened because she gave massages and then there she was involved sexually, she admitted with at least two players. But whatever that was happening, it was like in their off-campus apartments and stuff. So Ohio State police didn't have jurisdiction. So once they interviewed her, there was nothing, they didn't have anything to do. So they informed the legal department at Ohio State, that department informed, informed the compliance office, and then Ohio State decided, well, we better look into this. Nathan, I think that's important. They decided, I think, yep. to look into it from a compliance perspective. So well, yeah. they commissioned the outside law firm to, I think, I guess you could, you're investigating what happened. What, you know, whatever happened, happened, but certainly one of the things, again, is were there free massages? Was there something here that was an extra benefit? That's an NCAA investigation, which again, like that, she doesn't care about that. She's a person in the world. The NCAA doesn't have jurisdiction over a 41 year old person who lives in Cleveland. And then that, but that's part of the precipitating event of how this all comes to be. So that's, that's a difficult part of this. I think Nathan. We brought up during the conversation with Gene, um, you asked about, um, how the Strauss situation, I'm sure people are familiar with, but we'll come back to that in a second. But you asked how that maybe um, 
colored this and and gave Ohio State the perspective that he used when it went forward to this. But the, another one that I was thinking of today, I mean, we are pretty much right on um, 10 year anniversary or close to it, right, of all the tattoo gate stuff. And I think that kind of helps motivate the way that they act towards certain things right now. And if you start hearing, hey, a there was, you know, massages that have a value and some woman is giving them away for free only to football players, I think that probably triggers in Ohio State's mind an investigation needs to happen. Something we need to look into that and make sure that it's nothing before we just assume it's nothing. They've they've kind of used up any their like we can assume it's nothing chances. Those cards have been used up and now they have to be overly compliant or overly suspicious of any time something like this happens. So again, it kind of goes back to those like cascading things. It's like something that happened a decade ago actually probably factored into why they felt like they had to investigate this the way they did. So I'm I'm trying to keep this discussion linear. It's going to be difficult. I do think one of the things that I have kind of come around on is there's multiple, multiple steps to what happened to lead us to today, to lead us to the release of a 15 page report about this. And a very upset woman having this made public about her. I'm not sure, Nathan, that any of the individual steps along the way from anybody were, for lack of a better word, wrong. Right? I think, I think you could make a reasonable case that everything, thing that happened at least in some way was okay well that's i guess i I understand why that happened but the way it ended up but all those eight steps added up to like an unfortunate day right that like nobody i don't nobody's thrilled by this today right that i don't know that ohio state is thrilled to be talking about it i don't know that the football players were thrilled they interviewed 117 former and current football players as part of this. I'm not sure they're thrilled to be interviewed about that and have to talk about these things, whether they were sexually involved with somebody that they were contacted by on social media. That's not a great thing to have to talk about, probably, right? I'm not, I'm, she's not thrilled that this was made public, right? We're not thrilled that we're spending the day talking about this. Listeners aren't thrilled that this is the topic of conversation for Ohio State football, but yet I understand why it happened. And I don't know that I would go back and say, well, that's where it got off track. A lot of times, Nathan, when something happens, you can say, man, that's the thing that was the first domino. I don't know what domino I would pull out of this process to say it should have stopped right there. And we'll go through that a little bit. I don't know how interesting this is. We feel like we have to talk about it. And then we'll also talk about how it's being perceived, because I don't think we're going to have to talk about this for very much longer. But... Uh, Nathan, and we can go through, we'll go through the dominoes as we know them. I I don't know where there was a misstep. I sort of get everything that happened to lead us here. And then I just don't really, I think the end result is unfortunate. Yeah. And a lot of the facts of this scenario are not in dispute. Like, and it's easy for me, I guess, to say that the difference between two players and five players is, is, a small difference. I'm sure it's a large difference to the, to the woman in question, by the way, uh, no women involved in asking questions at the press conference today, which I think is um, 
I guess on us as much as anybody, but is, is I think ridiculous. It's still, we're in scenarios where you can have a half hour press conference and uh, no women are involved with asking questions. I think that sort of thing needs to be uh, addressed, but none of the, the basic facts are that much in dispute. A woman who is a massage therapist is admitting that she had sexual relationships with Ohio state football players, uh, at least some of whom she met through that enterprise. There is some dispute as to whether she kept being a massage therapist while she was having relationships with those guys. But it's a large, it's, it's all like you're saying, it's, it's, you're going to talk about the, the larger perception and, and, and what this means, but it really, it comes down to um, how Ohio state is asking people to perceive this whole episode. You know, they're, they're kind of putting out there that this is the tone of it, that it's, it has like a sinister tone. And I, I think it, that very much depends on, on your perspective and maybe just your, your specific morals. Yeah, it's really a tone. It really tone is the issue here, which is Ohio State pretty much conveyed her in the report and in the discussion as preying on athletes. They use the word scheme, her scheme to get close to athletes 16 times to use the word scheme. And that's what she takes issue with. It's like, how am I preying on people? I'm contacting them and then engaging in a consensual sexual relationship with two of them. What, what's a scheme about that? And that's not, that's, I, I, I can see why Ohio state presented it the way it did. And I can see why she feels like that is, an unfair characterization and why she is upset by that. And I don't know, again, I don't know who's right and who's wrong. It's different tones, but I I don't know that anybody, and, and, and we didn't do a lot of times with our tech subscribers and we were texting about this during the course of the day. We're not going to try to get tech subscribers off of a difficult situation like this, but we were texting during the day. And like a lot of times we do polls with our tech subscribers and I was going to do a poll. What do you think? I don't want to do a poll about this. But just, Nathan, the, the things that the, the responses we get from our texters, there is definitely some chunk of texters who are like, what are we, why are we talking about this? Newsflash, college, college students have sex. This isn't even a story. There's some of that. There is some idea by at least a few people about, hey, this isn't cool. These players were victimized in some way, right? That this isn't, doesn't seem right. And there's some reaction of like some people thinking like this woman is getting unfairly portrayed. Why is this happening to her? Why did Ohio State do this to her and release a report that now has her having to talk to a reporter about who she had sex with, that that's unfair. We got all those different responses, Nathan. So I do think it's one of those. First of all, I don't know in the end how much people are going to care. And we'll get into that from a national perspective in a minute. But for the people who are nominally interested in it, I do think, Nathan, the reaction is split, not just two ways, but multiple ways. And I don't, and again, I'm not, I don't think anybody's right or wrong. It's just how you view it. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's, there's certainly just a, a, a part of the audience that, that likes tawdry things, especially if it's not the Ohio state fan base, it's people on the outside who want to take a chance to, to take a shot at somebody. And if it were some other school, then maybe Ohio state would be taking those shots to Ohio state fans. I don't know. I do think there is a, there is a conversation to be had here about um, vulnerable is not the right word here. I don't think. 
I think there's there's a conversation we had here about personal responsibility in the age of social media and and how who you choose to um, associate with, how easily you choose to associate with them, especially with things like this. I think it's it's it is there is a, a teachable moment here to some extent about how not to put yourself in a potentially compromising position. I think you can say that and still say that this was completely consensual and a and, and not illegal and 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 not really necessarily a problem, but you are held to a higher standard. Like you just are, you have certain advantages when you're a college football player and you are held to a, a higher standard. I don't think it's an impossible standard. I don't think they, these guys should have to be monks, but it does put you in a, you just have to be careful. I don't think that's saying, I don't think I'm, that's out of line to, um, to say that. Okay. Let's let's, so listen, somebody else is like, man, all these, we got a message of like all these podcasts are like, all these solemn podcasts talking about like, oh, what a thing. Like, I hope you guys aren't doing that. It's not the end of the world, right? I mean, there are many worse things that go on, but I'm also trying to think of it as like, as a parent of one of these players, it's like you send your kid off to college and they go off to college and then somebody is like contacting them on social media and asking, hey, how about I come over to your apartment and give you a massage? And then maybe it'll lead to sexual activity and you'd be like, what? Like, you don't want to be naive as a parent, like sending them out into the world, like, but also like, that's the deal because they're, they were only contacted because they were football players. So this is one of those, again, it's like, well, it could happen to any college students. Like, yeah, but this didn't, it happened to football players specifically. And it happened because they're famous. But also guess what? Like college students have sex and athletes have sex with people who think they're cool. And like, everybody knows that happens. We don't usually talk about it or think about it. But there are things like this that happen, Nathan, everywhere all the time that nobody ever finds out about. And as long as it's consensual, then what's up, right? So I can, again, we're going to both sides the heck out of this podcast. I can understand it from the idea of like, man, I didn't know my kid was going to have to deal with that side of it. And I can also understand the side of it of like, what did you think? You're, an, you're a football player at Ohio State. Like, what? This is the world. You're a college student at any college in America. This is the world. You're a young person. You're a 20-year-old person in the world. This happens, right? As long as it's consensual, why is there a report about it? Yeah, and again, I, I struggle to use words like uh, like targeted and victim and vulnerable because uh, these guys are the celebrities, and I think they have the the power to wield that in a, a responsible way and a way that can be only a positive thing for them. However. There are people who are, you are going to attract people that doesn't, we don't mean that in a sexual way. You're just going to attract people of, of all kinds. And especially now I just did, a, I just reported about this two months ago. I talked to Gene Smith about it in the wake of the incident with, um, with the, the, the threats against um, EJ Liddell, EJ Liddell um, that these, that now the NCAA is in NCAA schools, I should say, NCAA member bodies are entering into a situation where now they're telling their athletes, you have to be more involved on social media. You almost have to open yourself up more to outside influences, to people reaching out to you for mutually beneficial financial relationships. Like that's, that's the next step. That's the NCAA saying, because we're not going to pay you, that's where you have to go for that sort of financial compensation. And I think it's it's not that long of a leap to go from that story to this story, I don't think, because it's 
you know, Ohio State is trying to, you know, tell their players that, you know, and, and educate them and help them make smart decisions about who they allow in and all that stuff. But it's the exact sort of thing where now you're going to have people from all sorts of businesses and maybe they have a completely benign agenda and maybe they don't. And they're going to be jumping in, sliding in the DMS of every athlete on campus, especially the football players and the men's basketball players and trying to get some sort of a relationship going there. I mean, this is, it's, this is, this kind of thing is going to be more prevalent than less regardless of what teachable moment comes out of this, because I think the opportunities for it to happen are going to increase. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to try to move it along and get, get us focused. I'm dragging this along a little bit. We're going to focus on a couple specific things, the issues that this brings up. And then we will talk through a little bit about like how we dealt with it, because I don't know, maybe you guys think that's interesting. Like we're trying to, we just, we only exist to help you guys understand the team that you care about. So we'll talk about a little bit of the inside baseball of, of covering this story. We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. Okay, Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird. Let's focus on a couple topics. Let's get this topic out of the way because you just touched on it, Nathan. We can wrap this up. The social media aspect of this. Name, image, and likeness is coming. We are reporting on name, image, and likeness. We have an interview planned on name, image, and likeness on Friday. We'll hopefully be able to bring you guys some stories, maybe a podcast part of that. We'll see. But the bottom line is social media is an important part of the name, image, and likeness conversation. College athletic programs, if this happens and it's going to happen, understand that social media is part of the branding of the players. It's part of the way that they indirectly and sometimes directly will be able to make money because the colleges aren't paying them. So they say, go get paid somewhere else. And that's going to, social media is part of that. And here we are in a situation where Ohio State is saying this is a bad thing and it started on social media. This will finish off the social media part of this, Nathan, but that's like intractable to me. Mm. It is in direct conflict. Gene Smith saying like, hey, block people, don't allow this. But it's like, what if a person's contacting you because they want you to give you an opportunity to make money? You don't think that'll be a way that people... The, the, sh this person established relationships with players based on, hey, I'll give you a massage. And there's nothing illegal about that. You don't think the idea of, hey, I have a money-making opportunity for you in the name, image, and likeness world. You don't think that's going to open up players to situations? And that's exact, like, that's what they're supposed to do. That's college's big solution to paying players. I, I just, I don't know how this works, Nathan. It's gonna, if we think this is messy, and now I'm repeating what you just said, it's only gonna get messier. Yeah, and there's gonna be other opportunities out there that don't have to do with social media necessarily. You know, the, the Justin Fields of the world, the Chase Youngs of the world, they could probably get significant national endorsements of some kind that are more traditional, you know, do a commercial, do a print run, whatever, those sorts of things. But a lot of the revenue that's gonna come in, especially for, not football players, especially for just, you know, other sports, you know, Olympic sports and non-revenue sports we've talked about. It's going to be very passive income. It's going to be, it's going to be online influencing and stuff like that. It's, it's stuff. And it's almost what you would think it, 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 it's maybe the most beneficial for those kinds of, of athletes because it maybe doesn't interfere with your school that much. It's just something that you do, you know, you do a couple clicks on your phone and you're making income from it. Um, and at the same time, like here I am, like the one that's kind of, 
you know, I, like I said, I, I, I wrote about it and tried to, to be impartial about it. I think I was, but I, I definitely see the conflict here and I'm kind of pointing it out. But at the same time, I, I can't say that the solution is to, like you're saying, you can't shut off the social media um, access because that right now is the only revenue stream that they're leaving open for a lot of athletes. It's the only thing that's going to be there. So you can't close that off. I mean, that's not the solution to it. I think it's just, and I don't, it's not that I think that they're naive about it, but by, by them, I mean the, the schools and the NCAA or whatever. If you remember Gene Smith, the first time he came in and kind of did an impromptu press conference with us, this would have been in the fall of 2019 when some of the first state NIL laws are coming. I think California had passed their law or was threatening it. And it was going to be like, a you know, the NCAA saw, and he was part of the, uh, the, the committee that, was looking into that for the NCA or designing stuff. Um, he brought up things like cameo. He brought up like the social media influencing and saying like, Hey, this is something that there's going to have to be some regulation, but he wasn't saying it in terms of protecting the student athletes. He, he was saying, we can't let that be an unlimited source of revenue. That was really kind of the point he was making. He was like, do you really want that? Where like just some guy can just like, you know, say, I'll give you a million dollars to do a cameo. So I just I, I still feel like the priorities are are still somewhat mismatched there and that they haven't put enough long term thought to what comes down the line once they do like raise the gate and let people just go free with this stuff. And it all goes back to the thing that we're going to talk about in one of the segments ahead, which is our college athletes, kids or our college athletes, adults, which is frankly the entire issue with college sports. I mean, that's what everything boils down, down to because the answer is both and neither. And it makes everything complicated. Let's talk about the national perspective on this because a lot of times that's an immediate reaction from Ohio State fans. And given what has happened in the last 20 years to Ohio State football, I, I absolutely understand when fans are like, well, ESPN's going to go nuts with this. Like uh, you fans have lived through enough stuff when it happens, you get guff from your fans of other schools. I absolutely get it. This broke, and we'll get into, again, our how we found out about this. That's a separate thing ahead. We're talking about the national perspective. This broke at the exact same time that the Pac-12 was naming its conference commissioner, and they hired a casino guy that nobody ever heard of. So, like, every national person, every national college football writer wrote about that on Thursday. I have seen almost no reaction from national college football media to this story. To Ohio State's credit, because a lot of times there are schools that give stuff to the national media and stick it to the local media, Ohio State gave access to local media to cover this and have an understanding of the story so that we could report it because we're the ones who dedicate our lives for our listeners and readers who care only about Ohio State football and don't care about national stuff, they allowed us to, re to report on behalf of them first. So thank you to Ohio State for that. But Nathan, people are often freaked out, what's this going to mean? Is this going to blow over? Is there just like, is this done as a story by the weekend? And that, that's just it. Or is there going to be a delayed reaction because everybody's going to deal with the Pac-12 commissioner and then come back Friday and be like, whoa what's going on here but but also i'm not exactly sure like from a national perspective like what 
what, what's the handle to this story? How would you pick up and carry this story? I, I'm a, I don't actually know what the answer to that is either. Yeah, I think a, a good national reporter would m- maybe pick this up as I think we will in some way and use it as an example of some of the things I was just talking about. Like, I think it's, 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 a, um, it's part of a larger topic. Um, but I think you're right. I, I don't know that it's going to really like penetrate that far. I don't know how long of a tail this is going to have because it's, it's, first of all, it's Friday too. Like, so even if people do pick it up, I think it just kind of gets absorbed by the weekend. Even if, if somebody does try to follow it up tomorrow, I think there have been some, like, you know, some, some basic um, news stories that are out there, but, but, it, I, and I understand, like you're saying, I know where Ohio State fans come from. We did that uh, a couple months ago, did like the, the cheating podcast the cheating episode where we kind of talked about some of those episodes and I think it was on that one where someone had asked us and maybe it's a different podcast maybe it's just a rapid fire where someone had asked like hey when these scandals happen does it feel like they get blown up at Ohio State a lot more than they do elsewhere and why do people pick on Ohio State and so we, we saw that already when when the rumors are out there we saw it on Twitter like people are like Oh, when you hear that there might be something coming you just get nervous because you feel like the world's just the entire college sports world is going to come crashing down on Ohio State because something went wrong and it turned out to not be nearly that and I don't think it's going to be that the one exception will be if um, you know like you said you talk to this woman if she were to decide that she had been wronged in some way I suppose that that could could extend it but as it stands right now just out of what we learned today I think it is kind of a a one-day story okay so let's go into then the dominoes of well, actually, that's it. let's do the inside baseball of sort of how we came to find out about this and to cover this story. So um, we were informed on Wednesday evening to be prepared for an Ohio State um, not news conference exactly, but a release and that we would be talking with Gene Smith on Thursday. So we didn't know what it was about. We were able to see the report and then have a discussion with Gene Smith and then able to sort of write our stories. And then the agreement is it's called an embargo that you as reporters agree to it. We'll give you this information sort of ahead of time. And then you can't release it publicly until a certain time. And you agree to that because that way, when the news is released to the public, it's done so with some information behind it rather than Ohio State releasing a report at a certain time and it being fresh to everybody and then everybody's scrambling to try to cover it immediately in the moment and maybe getting things wrong. And I just want to say, because I think this will lead into how you talk about this, even the even the uh, existence of the release and the, the phone, the Zoom call that we had, all that stuff was also embargoed. Like we weren't supposed to be, that wasn't like, to be publicly disseminated until that embargo time came. Right. And it was somehow there were like little, I guess there were little message board things because we had some texters asking us about it uh, before it came out on Thursday morning. So what that left us to do, Nathan is in the course of like, whatever the next 12 hours or whatever it was like, think to ourselves, like, well, what could this be? And just again, in a way of trying to inform you guys, I thought it could be something worse than this. Mm-hmm. We, we, we sort of have the idea that it's not, it's not this, it's not that, you know, it's not, we didn't, we didn't have reason to believe that it was huge NCAA sanctions, but I thought it possibly could be quote worse than this. And that's not to say that Ohio state football players being put in uncomfortable sexual situations by somebody 
who they met on social media and they either perhaps felt the social media interaction was uncomfortable or once they agreed to a massage, some of the players thought that was uncomfortable. It's not to minimize that, Nathan. Right, but, but we, we thought it could have been something Ohio State was admitting it did wrong or, or, right. or was releasing a, a, a – somebody did a report and decided we did something wrong, we being Ohio State. So then when it came out, and, I, and you like sort of build up like what it could be, and then so when it came out, it was like, okay, it, it, it's this. And, and it's, not, it's certainly not a worst-case scenario of what it could have been. So that's how we sort of covered it. That's sort of what was in our heads when we went to bed uh, on Wednesday night. So let's go through then the dominoes of this so that I think people can understand it. And then we'll get into the final discussion, which is, again, the ultimate conflict of college athletes. Are they kids or are they adults? But the dominoes of this, as we understand it, and some of this is based up, we're not saying the name of the, of the massage therapist because – there's no crime alleged here. I, I, it's in my story. You can go read the story at cleveland.com slash OSU, and her name is in there. And, and she gave me her name, and, and, and she knew I was going to write her name, and she gave her side of the story here. Um, but I just don't want to – there's no – I mean, it doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't matter what her name is. It doesn't change the thing. So we're not going to say her name a, a gazillion times here. Um, so the first thing is that – and the report said this, and, and, and talking to Gene Smith, this is what happened, that somebody made, uh, reported something to the Ohio State Medical Board about a mas- this massage therapist using her massage business to potentially engage in sexual activity. And what she told me was that, that she says the person who did that was a somebody and again, I'm not, she, she gave me a name. And it's one of the things, Nathan, as a journalist, you find this out. It's like, well, you don't, I'm not going to name the person. But as soon as you describe him in a certain way, you narrow the field. And it's like, oh, and then people think, oh, was it this guy? It's like, then you're like, you're besmirching yeah. guys who didn't do any, who have no involvement because people are guessing it's them. So I'm just going to say it, it, it's either a, either a current or former member of the Ohio State football team that she said they had a sexual relationship. And I, I, I guess at the conclusion of that, or at some point, he made the report to the Ohio State Medical Board. And she says she's not sure why he did that, but he did. Um, and so the medical board, that was March of 2020. So it's like in the pandemic. And so they didn't say it was pandemic related. I'm assuming it's pandemic related, but that Ohio State Medical Board didn't do anything for a year. So fast forward to March, 2021, that medical board, they contacted the Ohio State Police. So first of all, let's do dominoes. So Nathan, there's the initial report. She says, I don't know why that player did that. But if that player perceived it to be, I met this person, I had a consensual sexual relationship, maybe I'm choosing to end that relationship now, but I know that she contacts other football players, you know, Maybe if that person thought, you know, maybe this is not the greatest thing in the world. Not that there is anything wrong with this relationship, but you know what? Like I'm thinking about other players, right? That like, maybe I don't want have to have the situation that I'm in, which again was consensual, but maybe I don't want other players to be exposed to that or whatever. Is that a huge problem that this, that this person reported this to the Ohio Medical Board because that's what precipitated this. That's the first domino, Nathan. Is that an unreasonable domino? I guess you're asking, 
if he wouldn't have reported it to the Ohio Medical Board, right. none of this would have happened, I don't think. Right. The fact that he did, and we don't know all the specifics of it, but that he did, is it, is it at least possibly reasonable that, that an Ohio State player in that situation would choose to do that? Under the facts that Ohio State, certainly under the facts that Ohio State is trying to put out there, that there was some, um, that this person was, was in their terms, you know, being inappropriate, I, you know, that, then that allegation makes sense. Um, when you step back and look at things, you would say if that person had, instead of going to the medical board, had simply gone to someone on Ohio State's coaching staff and said, hey, tell all the players not to associate with this person anymore. It's going to be a problem. That probably would have ended the issue without it getting to the level that it did. Right. That's true. That's true. And again, we don't know what everyone's going on in everybody's head. But again, as Ohio State presented it, this is a person who is making multiple contacts with multiple players about massages. And they said was persistent. It's just, it's like a lot of this is like what adjective you want to use. Right. Are you persistent or are you aggressive? Well, what's the, the difference? You said, if you said multiple messages to somebody, is that just being, I'm not going to take no for an answer? Or are you going over it? Like, well, what is it? It's your perception. As, as you pointed out in your report, um, they use the term scheme 16 times in their 15-page report. So again, Ohio State very much, and, and you can say it was the law firm, but it was a law firm hired by Ohio State and Ohio State willingly putting the report. I mean, that, that, that firm used the term 16 times. Like, they're, they're definitely, there's a characterization involved. So I think maybe you could have a disagreement about whether the player should have reported to the medical board, but I don't think it's demonstrably unreasonable. So that's the first step. The medical board does nothing for a year. Then a medical board investigator and two Ohio State police officers interview her. That's in the report. They find no criminal charges to be pressed and that Ohio State's police force doesn't have jurisdiction on this. So Ohio State, they decide to pass it on to the Ohio State legal department. That's the second domino. Is that reasonable? You're the cops. Hey, we interviewed her. You're the Ohio State cops. We interviewed her. Doesn't seem like there's a crime here and it didn't happen on campus. Should you just shut it down? Or should you be like, but there's enough here we probably should at least let somebody else at Ohio State know about this situation. Is that a reasonable step? I think so. Um, and I guess, you know, in, in from whatever reason, they felt like they needed to uh, – because it also says in the report that the, the, per, the woman was told to stop associating with Ohio State football players. Like, on behalf of Ohio State, somebody was making that intervention, right? was was trying to dissuade this relationship from continuing. And that's the other thing to remember, like in that year that the the board didn't do anything with that complaint, she did still contend to continue to at least give massages to Ohio State football players. Right. Okay. So they pass it on the Ohio State legal department. Ohio State legal department, I think is like, well, I, I don't know that this is a legal matter, frankly, but it might be a compliance matter. We better tell Ohio State compliance. Is that reasonable? That the legal department informed by the OSU cops goes to compliance? They would probably be um, uh, sued for malpractice if they didn't. All right. So now compliance has it. Compliance has has information that there is a massage therapist who has engaged in a sexual relationship with at least one player who's offering massages. What should they do? Should they just, like, tell the coaches? Like, as you sort of said, like, 
hey, just tell the coaches, like, tell everybody to chill on this stuff, sort of unofficially, right? As soon as you put stuff to paper or put it to email, now you're at, at risk or whatever. You're documenting it. You just have somebody from the compliance office go over. And a lot of times, by the way, there's like a difference between athletic compliance and university compliance. Some of the university compliance deals with like how you handle things at the university hospital. We learned about a lot of this stuff. I know too much about this stuff, having covered Ohio State for 16 years. But the bottom line is they're making sure like the rules are being followed, not necessarily from a legal perspective, right? But from like a governing body perspective. The fact that they, they whatever the step is that it goes from the client, the compliance department, maybe there's multiple steps involved there, but the idea is let's get an outside law firm to investigate that. Is that a reasonable step or is that too far? Should they have stopped there and said, we don't need an investigation. Let's just sort of unofficially, we'll do it. We don't need a law firm to do it. We'll do it. We'll talk, not to every single player on the team, but we'll talk to some dudes. We'll talk to some guys, see what they know and see what's up. Or was this the smart thing? Bring in the outside firm, no stone unturned. Well, I think the let's talk to a few dudes thing is what happened. And I think they, my impression from reading this was that an invest compliance did start its own investigation from what it found in just those few days. That's what made it think they need to go and get an outside counsel. And I, again, I think in the current climate, and again, because Ohio State's been down this road before from, from self-inflicted things, I, again, you've used up kind of your benefit of the doubt, frankly, I yep. think at Ohio State whether it was Zach Smith, whether it was Tattoo Gate, you don't get more benefit of the doubt. So in, in considering that, this might be the first time where it really seems like, other than, I guess, the original complaint, where we don't know what was in that person's head, but this is a clear situation where someone was acting not out of a uh, legal obligation, but in their own best interest. In Ohio State decided it was in its own best interest. We have to go hire someone from the outside, take it out of our hands, a supposedly impartial body, even though it, it has – it's a body that it's, it's a law firm that has a lot of connections to college sports and the NCAA. And I think they got, they, they found this, this person, this, this firm has referred to them through the attorney general's office, I believe. So a lot of things are kind of mingled in together there, but, but yeah, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable. In fact, I think it, you would, you would, any, any body would probably advise someone to do that, right? Just get out, get it. Don't, don't, don't make it look like any kind of cover up could be happening here. Bring in somebody else, let them go through everybody, let them talk to whoever they want to, and they'll come out with an independent report. So I, I think it's perfectly reasonable. Now, I don't think every college would have done it. I don't think every no, athletic not. department would have done it. But Ohio State, given its recent history and the way Ohio State handles things now, I think we understand why Ohio State did it. And Ohio State would like to say this proudly, and which Gene did. This is how Ohio State says it does business. We don't cover up anything, is what they say. We are ultimately transparent. I don't know if there's such a thing as too transparent. Can you be too see-through? But, like, I think they'd claim that even, proudly. We're so transparent. Like, we, you know, we show you everything, whether we need to or not. That's the lesson they've tried to learn from all this stuff. So, okay, reasonable. And not maybe not everybody would do it, but in Ohio State situation, reasonable they did it. So now once they're doing – and, by the way, at that point, as it turned out, they interviewed more than 100 football players. They found 25 who did get massages. According to the report, five of those 25 engaged in sexual activity. They might have thought at that point there might be 80 guys getting free massages and having sexual activity. And by the way, I guess we should cover this here. There is some part of this of like what's free, what's paid for is the free massage, the NCAA Very violation. Confused. Ohio State says there are no 
NCAA violations here, I don't even remember exactly what the report says about what was paid, what was not paid. But the bottom line is Ohio State says, we found no NCAA violations. We told the NCAA what was up, and they agreed. No NCAA violations. But that's probably one of the things they were worried about at that point in time, Nathan. And what exactly do we know about whether the massages were paid for or not? It's probably the most confusing part of the report. Uh, there were definitely instances of, a, of players who paid for multiple massages. There were instances of players who paid for like their first massage, but then for subsequent massages, they were told they didn't have to pay, according to the report. There were others who, and I think it was maybe the most frequent thing, was that they were just told, no, you don't have to pay. And, and the crux of it was that the determination of the report was that I think those sort of things would have been a problem if the thing that you were getting in exchange had something to do with college football or it had something to do with influence or it had, um, you know, you were, you were trading your memorabilia for, for whatever, like there was with tattoo gate. And in this case, their determination was just that this was a woman who wanted to have sex with football players. And that was her only motivation. And because of that, then getting a massage didn't constitute an extra benefit. And I do think it's like if you couch it as that, it's like the players were victimized. It's like, so what, you're going to end, you're going to slap NCAA violations on guys who were victimized by something? Like, what are we doing here? Right. Which I think influenced slightly, at least, maybe more than slightly, the tone of the report, which again is what she would argue against. I, I don't, I think she would say there are no victims here. What are you talking about? Victim. It's consensual sexual activity between adults. How could there be a victim? But if they are viewed as victims, then it really pushes any NCAA stuff away. But this still goes back to the idea of if the NCAA, if we weren't living in a world where like getting a free massage might get your football team in trouble, then maybe none of this would be an issue, right? right. Because that's still the stupid world we live in. And as you said, we're coming up Memorial Day is the 10 year anniversary of Jim Tressel's resignation as sort of at the conclusion of Tattoo Gate, maybe not quite the conclusion, but in the midst of it, um, you know, we're, we're also 10 years past the idea of free tattoos being the end of the world, right? So that is a thing here that people worried about. But we understand why. So, but so now Ohio State commissions it. They commission the report. And the report, I think, my guess would be, turns out not as bad as they thought it might be. Interview more than 100 players, like more than 60 of the players are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Nine of them, I think it was, said, yeah, I, I knew something about that, but I didn't – I contacted her, but I didn't do name. anything. Or, or, they got, got, or they got messages from her. Yeah. Because she was reaching was, uh, out to players, yeah. 20 of them took massages and just got a massage. And then five of them, they were sexual activity. I think maybe – Ohio State didn't say this. Maybe they thought it would be worse. So now you've commissioned the report, and they have a report. So – you already decided you were going to do the report. So now the last domino, Nathan, is do you make the report? Well, there's two, there's two things. First of all, do you make the report public or not? I think that the dominoes are fallen by this point. I don't think there's any way that in this world, the current world that Ohio State lives in and chooses to live in, that you could commission the report and not publicly release it as soon as it's done. We've talked a lot about tone here. And you know that if the report had not been released in the way it was, it still would have been found. And then when a reporter, some jerk like me or you, is writing about it, they're going to say in a, in a, in a report that Cleveland.com uncovered or a report that, 
that Ohio State had not released. You know what I'm saying? Like it, the tone would have definitely been there that maybe they had something to hide, that they were trying to cover up this report that they commissioned that showed this thing, even though, again, it, it seems like they didn't do anything wrong. So I, I agree that I think at this point, for that and many other reasons, Ohio State had to release the report. So then the last consideration is sort of like what's in the report. And listen, it's an outside firm. They can do what they want, but they're getting paid by Ohio State. And we don't know how much they were paid. That'll come out. So guess what? It's not neutral. It's like if I commissioned a report, I commissioned a report about is Doug Maurice the best podcast host in the world? And I'm paying for the report. And then they interview my family. And that's actually, that would be bad for me. I, I wish I had friends they could interview. But they interview all my people. And then we put out the report. And the conclusion is, yeah, Doug Maurice is the best podcast host in the world. And you and Steven are like, what the heck? What kind of report is this? This is not a neutral report. So she was interviewed for the report. She said, and again, when she talked to me, she said she felt bullied in the interview, that they were trying to guide her into things. But from Ohio State's standpoint, Ohio State doesn't know her anything. Like, I don't know if they were intentionally trying to cast her in a certain light or just sort of like they didn't care what light they cast her in, but they're worried about their football players and their football program. It's their report. They don't care about the other side. It's like, if she cares, make your own report, which is why we gave her a platform to talk about it because Ohio state had this report. This is her version of her report. So we have to keep that in mind. It's like report says it's like, what's their report. So I'm not, I, I'm not going to claim that Ohio State's report was like, quote, fair, but I'm also not going to claim that it should have been fair. It's their side of the story, and they have a very, two very specific priorities, and these are their only priorities. One is make sure their football players are okay, right? So that's what they're interested in. And two is make sure we don't get in trouble for this. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and think that number one is far more important than number two. But those are the only two things they care about. So that's why you get the tone of this report. And I get that. And I get that. So, Nathan, to me, that's all those dominoes. And the final conclusion is a report that is like, why, don't, why are we reporting on this? Well, you thought it might be worse. You don't want to cover anything up. Why does it make her seem like kind of like the bad guy? Well, it's their report. They can do whatever they want. Why did you even do it? Well, I mean, like, you know, the legal department told the compliance department and the cops told the legal department and the state medical board told the cops. And like, I, what are we going to do, cover it up? Like, I understand why everything happened, Nathan, but I'm not in love with the final outcome. But I don't know where the domino should have stopped. Yeah, and again, when it comes to, like, what we're talking about with the, with the report, like, I've seen the other side of that. I've seen situations where athletes were alleged to have uh, done something. It was brought to the police's attention. The police decided, the, the prosecutor decided not to do anything with it. So then a lot of times there will be a, um, a civil suit that follows that. And when you go read those civil suits, everything is, is colored in the, in the side of the person making the allegation. So it, this, it's not a perfect example, but it, it's, it's how it works. It's like that it was one side putting out their side of the story, trying again, trying to insulate themselves um, and protect themselves from when it did get out into the nation. The natural question people were going to have was like, well, what did Ohio State do wrong that should cost them wins or 
scholarships or whatever. I think that was a motivation here to make sure they were putting some distance between themselves and that. And um, I, I, again, I agree with you that it's, it's, no, I, I, it's one of the kind of just those unavoidable things when you're dealing with 90 young people at a time in a football program. I think every once in a while, this is going to happen. It's going to happen to every program. It's happened at every program I've tried to cover. Something weird, kind of messy like this comes up. So in the end, I'm, I don't really think, I don't really think Ohio State did anything wrong, but I'm not exactly sure what she did wrong. I, you know, like, I don't know that we all would agree with everything she did, but like, what did, what's exactly wrong like we'll get into that a little bit but these are people's lives so we're not going to gossip about people's lives but we're going to talk about a little bit more of what was in my story that i talked with her about and we're going to get into the final ultimate college football discussion are they kids or are they adults we'll do that next on buckeye talk doug Maurice and nathan baird final little bit here um so the one thing is they said in the report that she contacted some players on National Signing Day, guys that signed with Ohio State. That's, those are kids that are still in high school. Yeah. And, you know, they're not on campus yet, so it's not like she's going to go give them a massage where they are. But she's contacting them on National Signing Day. I said, did you do that? And she said, yeah, one or two she did that with. You know, I don't, I don't know what that is. It doesn't seem great. You know, like well, you're in your late 30s or early 40s and you're contacting a person who's still in high school about a massage, it doesn't seem great. And you're especially unsure of their age at that point. Right. Like it's different so, when, they're, when they're a freshman that's already on campus, um, there's a more reasonable certainty that they're 18 than when they're a, in December of their senior year of high school. And we also get on fans, like if fans tweet at recruits about their choice, we say, don't do that. Come on, fans. If like fans are bugging players for autographs, we're like, come on, fans, don't do that. Be smarter than that. So it's like, hey, maybe don't bug college players about massages. Like, I don't like, I, like, I'm not saying there's certainly a difference between like what's criminal, what you have a right to do consensual activities and like, come on. So I do think there's a decent helping Nathan of like, come on in this from her side of things. And she says, you know, I, I, I work with athletes all the time. I, she says she doesn't work with any teams, but she says she has worked with other, with other players in Cleveland, like professional players. It's like, well, that's not the same as college kids, which is what we're going to get to in a second. So, you know, there's a dose, there's a decent helping, I think. I think people can decide how much of the dose of come on there is to this. But then it's about, well, what, do, what does that mean? If there's come on, does that mean that you should be named and told that you're, what you're doing is a scheme 16 times and made, listen, I found her, they named a couple things in report, 15 seconds of Googling, and we found her, and that was it. So everybody can find out who this is, and it's a public document. And again, we, we just outlined why it happened, but, you know, it's like, does the come on equal the, you know, I don't, is public shaming the right word? I mean, Ohio State didn't really hold back in characterizing how they perceive this. I think that's a lot of this from her perspective, Mason, is the come on versus the, the public, if not shaming, at least like revealing of this. But there's some right? There's some come on to this. And some people listening to this would be like, man, there is a lot of, this is not exactly right. And then there's this, like, is there, so there's a thing in the report about if in this situation, if she were a doctor, if she were in another position where 
right? That it was in the report that, but that it doesn't apply to massage therapists. But if you are in a situation with a person where you have a relationship with them through a professional relationship, and then there is some kind of sexual inference as part of that, that's not allowed. That's not legal. But that law does not apply to massage therapists in Ohio. And again, she said to me and also said to the law firm, and it's in the report, that she very much said, there's my professional relationship. And then the two sexual relationships that she admitted to, she said those were very separate and that I would not combine the two. And I did not combine the two. So there's a little, maybe a disagreement there. But in the end, she's contacting the players for massages and she wound up having a sexual relationship with at least two of them. There's at least a little bit of come on, I think. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it, it, all parts of this are consenting adults who are making decisions um, and maybe not thinking through the, 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 the ramifications of them. I, I think that happened in, in every instance here. And, and from, again, it goes back to, I think where this is going to come up again is at some point we're going to be having a discussion about, um, Hey, this person who's affiliated with this thing reached out and said, you know, I mean, what's to stop? Like somebody wants to do a, uh, the, the, the hunks of Ohio state football calendar. And like, then you start getting into like degrees of what's appropriate and what's not. And what are guys allowed to do now that there's the NIL stuff or the, the babes of Ohio state volleyball or whatever you want to call, you know, I don't even know if there's 12 people on a volleyball team, but you know what I'm saying? Like these things are going to keep coming up and it's, it's, it's about um, fair or not the, the scrutiny that these athletes are going to have to put under everybody that they come in contact with is increasing. That's the only way that this is possibly probably going to work because I don't think the NCAA is ever going to get to a point where it's actually doling out paychecks. So you're always, I think in these situations, you're always looking for like a, a power imbalance in any kind of sexual relationship. Was there, is there a power imbalance between a college athlete and a massage therapist? I, I don't know. You can, listeners can decide that for themselves. And is there a power imbalance between a 20 year old or a 19 year old or an 18 year old and somebody who's 39, 40, 41? Like automatically, I, I don't know, is there? I do think there was a little bit here of, is the sexual activity of a woman in her 40s with a man in his 20s, is that automatically viewed as predatory in some way, which I don't think is fair or correct. And I think there was maybe a, at least a scooch of that. And if it's two consenting adults, I mean, it's two consenting adults. That's just by the law. If you're of age, it doesn't, and you both consent, it doesn't matter how old the two of you are. But there was a little bit of that, I think, conveyed in the report, Nathan, that I think some of the predatory nature, I think some of it is related to her position as a massage therapist. I think some of it is related to the way she contacted them on social media and that at Ohio State in its presentation, in the report's presentation said she was persistent. It was repeated. It was many different players, right? That she would, she really was doing that. And I don't think it was in there, but to me, I'm going to infer a little bit of it is that she was much older than them. And that if it was a 25 year old massage therapist, I don't know that it would have been couched that the word scheme would have been used the exact same way. Maybe it would have been my view from the outside is that perhaps the age imbalance had some effect on the way the report was presented. And I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's fair. But on the other hand, we also live in a world where we have had recent cases of older people prank 
the, rich, the Dr. Strauss case absolutely influenced how this was handled. There's another case going on at Michigan right now. Again, this is long age, decades, decades, decades old cases where it was the huge, it's a huge difference. I asked Gene Smith about it. He said, we have to point out the huge differences. Those were, in, those were employees of the university. You're going to a team doctor. You don't have a choice. This is not that at all. But I can't pretend it didn't influence it a little bit, but there's an age imbalance there, right? This is not at all like many other things, but often when we're talking about athletes being when they actually are preyed upon, without a doubt preyed upon, there is often a power imbalance and an age imbalance. And there are inklings of both here, but yet you absolutely could not characterize it in the same way. It's not fair to anybody involved to characterize it as the same way because this was not an employee of a university. It was not anybody underage and everybody agreed it was consensual, but I think it leaked in, Nathan. I do. I think so, too. I think and just because of the nature of, of college athletics, there's going to be that kind of age imbalance when you're talking about, especially about employees. I, when you talk about the dominoes, though, it, it does reinforce to me, though, that if she were not giving players massages, this probably isn't a thing at all. I think that really ends up being a trigger to a lot of these things, because I think that's where the compliance issue came in. Right. If it was just a person who was reaching out to football players on social media and trying to have sex with them, I, I, I'm not naive to think that this is this 41-year-old woman from Cleveland was the only woman trying to do that with football players since 2018 at Ohio State. I, I think that that is just how people, like young people reach out to each other on social media in a lot of ways now. So I think if there weren't that like potential issue on the side of is this an NCAA compliance problem, I think that is really what what ratcheted a lot of this up in Ohio State's eyes is what put fear in Ohio State as opposed to just something that could have been brushed off a lot more easily. All right, let's get to the last thing here. The, the, the college athletics reality of half the time they're adults, half the time they're kids. Often the people who are making that determination are doing it for their own good and not for the player's good. But let's imagine that there was a massage therapist who contacted 25 players on a minor league baseball team and it's a low a baseball team so they're all 18 19 and 20 and she contacts them and offers them massages and then she engages in consensual sexual activity with some of them can you imagine a minor league baseball team commissioning a report and having a news conference and releasing something about a massage therapist who had sexual relations with a few of its minor league baseball players that were consensual that would never happen. No, but because the, but everything's the same except whether it's professional or amateur. Right. As I say, yeah, because there's no compliance issue at, at threatening the perceived amateurism of the athletes involved. Like that's the only difference. So that leads us to it's consensual activity, but the word kids came up a lot in the news conference. Ten times. Gene Smith said kids ten times. I'm not supposed to quote him, but I think that, I think I can stay within the spirit of things saying he used the word kids ten times. So listen, I'm not – I think Ohio State has handled this well in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I, I don't think this is a podcast ripping Ohio State for the way it handled it. It's a difficult situation. And while clearly, I think we just spelled out why clearly the compliance aspect of this is a major aspect of this. But guess what? You don't want your football program on NCAA probation. That's a huge thing to be worried about. So, of course, they're worried about that. Like, we're not saying you shouldn't be worried about that. 
But that was clearly a driving force here. But Gene Smith talks about the health and welfare of Ohio State athletes all the time. And we're not going to have a discussion about should players be paid and all that. and amp- That exists in the world. But I believe him when he says that. I never think to myself that that is cynical, that that is just trying to cover his butt. We know he makes a lot of money. We know the coaches make a lot of money and the players aren't paid. But within that unbalanced world, Nathan, I do think Ohio State's athletic department does care about the health and welfare of its amateur athletes. I do believe that. But also, sometimes it is hard, the balance of, are you their dad and mom, or are you supposed to let them live their lives? Because if they're, if you paid, you know, again, like, if they were getting paid, right? I mean, when you're a 19-year-old in the NBA, I don't know that anybody thinks the NBA team's supposed to be your dad and your mom and checking on who you're having sex with. But, and Ohio State did say that they're kind of not interested in that either. They don't want to do that generally. This was a very, very specific circumstance. But Nathan, this, the, the muddying issue is are they kids or are they adults? It muddies everything. And it leads to a situation like this where I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. I do think people, I think Ohio State has its best interests at heart. But I think sometimes it can overreach with the we've got to protect our kids idea of stuff. And I think in this case, they wound up in that process, I think of honestly and wholeheartedly wanting to do right by their athletes. I think in trying to protect their kids, they sort of cast this woman as, a, as more of a villain than she probably actually is. And she was negatively affected by that. But it's because it's the ultimate adults versus kids dichotomy. Well, and let's remember too, when you're dealing with a college football team, you're dealing with guys from who might be 17 when they get here to, uh, you know, Brandon Peters at Illinois is going to be, I think he turns 24 this season, like during this season. So, so I mean, Brandon Peters is not a kid anymore. He's, he's uh, by any stretch. I mean, he's almost as old as Corey Dennis at that point. So, you know, if, if this were a person who was only going after 18 year old, players I think that'd be one thing I think we have reason to believe that's not the case I think that there were probably older people involved in this to some extent so then again that's where the use of the term like kids becomes very disingenuous to me it becomes you know you don't treat them like kids when you have to go give them the the news that hey uh you're seventh on the depth chart you might want to look at playing somewhere else you don't treat them like kids in any number of other ways but you treat them, you want to be able to still fall back and call them kids when, uh, when you want to make it clear that when you want to make them look um, like they weren't in the wrong in any way here, that maybe they didn't have some decision uh, making that played into this. I'm not even really insinuating, I guess, that Ohio State did that. Because I do feel like Gene Smith in, in today and in the interview he did with me a couple of weeks ago for that other thing I wrote, I mean, he, you know, he emphasizes that we have to, Ohio State has to teach them to make good decisions. We have to like help them see the full, the big picture and how to make better decisions as far as who they associate with. And I agree with you that, uh, and especially with the football program now under Ryan day, who has, you know, very direct and sincere connections to things like mental health. I do believe that is a priority. Um, but I, every time I hear someone use the word kids, I cringe when you're talking about college athletes, especially when you're talking about 
and I almost look at, I think unfairly, this is my bias, but I almost think of college football and basketball players differently just because of what they're exposed to the opportunities that they get. I mean, I think that's a different world than if you're running cross country on a field and no one's there to watch. It, it, it is different to me. And listen, like th- they are young people. They're young people and young people make bad decisions all the time. And you, we, people end up ta- saying this all the time with white college athletes. I did all kinds of dumb stuff when I was in college. I threw a donut out the window. I did. Instead of eating it, I would never do that today. I would eat the donut. I threw it out the third story of an apartment building. There's nothing to do with safety. Cool. You just want to eat the donut. Yeah, but it's a bad decision. <laughs> so I do think that some of this is, listen, Ohio State said they don't have a massage therapist on staff, but they do uh, contract with massage therapists. And they said that like massage is an important part of their training regimen and that 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 if, if a player actually wants a massage, they can come and say, I need a massage. And Ohio State will help them get a massage. And I think they emphasize that now, but I think they knew that before. So I do think it's like the players are not like, I'm not saying they did anything wrong. They're not like totally innocent here. Like if, if like a bunch of guys on the team knew about this, they knew this was the massage hookup. Just like back 10 years ago, I'm not saying that those guys in the end, as you look back and maybe you realize it at the moment, should have been punished as much as they, as they were for Tattoo Gate, but it was the tattoo hookup, and guys knew about it. It was like an open secret within the team, and they passed it on. This is clearly something that guys in the team knew about, and a bunch of guys decided to partake in. It's like, what? well, I need a massage. It's like, well, you can go, go tell Mick that you need a massage, and Ohio State will set up a massage for you, or there's this woman from Cleveland who will come to your apartment and give you a massage. I, like, I'm not saying they did anything wrong, but – I don't know exactly that everybody was like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. It's like, okay, maybe it wasn't a great decision, but you're 20. You do, you do silly things that you probably shouldn't have done. But I also like to act like that they were like completely like preyed upon, right, is I think not exactly necessarily right either. Although I think you could argue it, right? That's just, it's like there's a lot of, we don't really know what was going on in their heads, Nathan. And it's just how you view it, but... They, they are young people, but there's a little bit of personal responsibility involved in this of like, it, seem, it probably seems kind of weird for someone to contact you on social media and ask if you want a massage. So, oh, but she says she does it with a lot of pro athletes, right? So I guess there are people, there are adults who accept that. But like, maybe your alarm bell's going off a little bit. And you're kind of ignoring it, like, or, or maybe I, I don't know, but because they're half kids, half adults, they are. And I'm like, I, I, my, I have a, t- I have a seventeen-year-old. I mean, she's gonna be in college in a couple of years, and I'm sure when she's in college, sometimes she'll act like a very responsible adult, and sometimes she'll act like a silly kid. So I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't have an opinion on that, but. Well, I think that's where Other the influence, yeah. that's where the influence comes in of, of how it, again, it's sort of the domino effect in a different way. Like you get the trust of one player and you get to use that player as like the way to get in and talk to the next player. And, and that gives you some authenticity as far as why you should accept a, a, a massage from them, I guess. And, and the report did point out that yes, Ohio State has massage therapists that it contracts, but you can't necessarily get the, the, one hour, two hour, full body, whatever special massages that she was giving. I don't mean that in like an innuendo way. I mean, it was like, well, even people she was just giving a massage to, I don't think it was the kind of, mas- it was 
a different massage than you would go get from an from an athletic trainer or whatever you know what i mean like a rehabilitative massage so i think that is that's a distinction too that again when you're talking about athletes who are amateurs who can't just have a masseuse or whatever that if they see a chance to get a free massage they'll take it i'm sure they they take a lot of free things here and there over the course because every college student does right if someone said you want free pizza i'd take free pizza yeah and if someone contacted me to be fair i hate massages i've had one massage in my life and i hated it but if someone contacted me on social media and said i'll come to your house and bring your free pizza i'd probably be like okay and i'm old so it's just if it's if it's a thing of value that you're like what the heck why not what's the harm right i I guess i could see why you do it i could see you not taking a massage well like oh no just already being agitated and then like you don't want people touching you no no, I, like I said, I've had one massage and one therapy session and I hated them both. Just let me be who I am. So in the end, I mean, and I, and I hope in this week we didn't come across in any way. Like, I'm not trying to blame anybody. It's just, it's life. Life is complicated and messy. And this is a complicated and messy situation. And I feel bad for anybody that sort of was like caught up on it unwillingly. And frankly, Nathan, I think like almost everybody caught up in it was caught up in it unwillingly. I don't know that anybody's happy that this report came out. Um, so, you know, they're caught up I, in the I, report unwittingly. They're not caught up in the relationships and stuff unwittingly, though. So, again, that's where I guess it just does come back to that, like, um, you know, ask yourself some questions bef- before you make some decisions. But we all do stuff in life that we think it's going to be no big deal and that we don't think anybody's going to find out about. And like, what's the harm? And then if it gets ca- couched in a certain light, it looks much worse. And we're like, why did we do this? And like, the reason you did it is because like, I thought it was no big deal. Right, but you and I might have different consequences than the people listening to this podcast when we do those things, and so will Ohio State football players. Again, there's just a higher standard when you're a public person. I hope we didn't say anything on the podcast. It's like we're not. I don't really worry about this most of the time because we don't do it live. I don't think we said anything that like would slander anybody, right? I mean, like that's not our intent. I just we're trying to discuss this because it's out there. This is a 15-page report out there. And it's very easy to figure out who it's about. And there are things that are in there that are not very nice about the person. And so I talked to the person involved and we have what she said and we have what the report said. And we talked about that. We don't have strong opinions. I don't think either way on who's right and who's wrong, because I think it's too messy to have strong opinions either way. It's unfortunately complicated. And um, I think Ohio state did its best and maybe Maybe everybody will learn from it. Maybe this won't happen down the line, like on both ends of things. Maybe, maybe people, maybe grown people shouldn't contact college athletes for things like this this way. Maybe that's just a good rule to live by. Do it with pro athletes, okay. Maybe don't do it with college athletes. And maybe um, Ohio State will help college athletes understand don't, don't engage, don't even entertain anything like this, right? And then everybody will be happier in the end. But the, the underlying issue, Nathan, is that this, the, the model of college sports encourages things like this. It opens the door on this stuff because it, it clearly can happen, but yet it's like not allowed to happen where you probably just either needed to be like, shut it down. Like, I don't know. I was going to say, right. I mean, it's just like, that's what college sports is. This is what college sports is open to every day of the week because college sports chooses to operate in this way. Yeah, like I said, if 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 it wasn't a compliance issue, none of this would have happened. If the or if, or if Ohio State didn't fear a compliance issue, an athletic compliance issue, none of this happens. 
Yeah, I think, like, I think, I don't know that we can say that, like, definitively, but that certainly is our view of it, based on everything we just talked about. And that's not to say, do they not have the health and welfare of their athletes at heart, but do you commission a report about it? Right. That's the that's the distinction. We do think they have their best interests at heart and they do care about them and they want to check up on them and make sure they're OK. But maybe you don't do a report. So, OK, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if anyone's going to be mad. I mean, I'm not going to try to make the end of the podcast about us, but it's like this is not normally what we do, Nathan. But I guess we're journalists. Are we journalists anymore? Or are we just podcasters? I'm a podcaster. I am hanging on by my fingernails as a journalist. (laughs) No, you actually, you did a great job. You probably did the best journalism about this story today by tracking the woman down and talking to her because I think the other half of this story needed to be out there. So um, good job doing that. Um, But I tell you what, if there's ever been a podcast episode that made people look forward to the next Market Down Monday, I think this was probably it. So Monday, lots of arguing about Ohio State uh, receivers and some fun ideas. We're going to, some questions we're going to ask each other about that. Mark it down Monday. When will Ohio State release its next report commissioned by the athletic department for an outside law firm to investigate? Uh, I'm going to say July 6th, 2023. But we're also going to talk about receivers. All right. We did our best. I, I hope we helped you sort of understand this situation. We probably could have helped you understand it in 28 minutes instead of an hour and 10. But, I mean, come on. I'm on it. When Nathan and Steven are doing it, they can keep it under 40. No chance of that. Pizza a half hour ago. Yeah. Thanks to you guys for listening. You can go read our stories about it. We'll have a couple more stories about it. We're not going to go bonkers with this. We're going to have a couple more things. Nathan has a story. I have a story. It's at cleveland.com slash OSU right now. And then we'll get back to writing about football. For Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk.